so it's been days. You've just been sitting in the bedroom, staring at your mom rather helplessly as the fever continues to linger. You pile on blanket after blanket after blanket as she gets the chills, or you take a damp washcloth and, and dab her forehead when, when she starts to burn up. You really can't do anything for her. The doctors have come. They said, yeah, maybe just do your best to keep her comfortable. Push the fluids if you can. You feel helpless. I mean, here's this, here's this woman that, that helped you so many times when you were a child, took away all your owies, made you feel better when you were sick. And now that she's sick, you just want to snap your fingers and make her feel better too, but it's not that easy. But all you can do is pray. And so you fold your hands. And after you fold your hands, and after you say amen, you just simply reach out and hold on to her hand. Soon after that, in walks your husband and your brother-in-law, who still hasn't found his own place. He's living with you yet. And they brought two of their fishing buddies, whom you're too accustomed to seeing in your home. James and John are with them as well. But this time... Uh, this time, uh, your husband also brought a friend with him because, you see, word had gotten out that mom was sick. And so Peter brings with him Jesus. And as Jesus walks in, you know, you maybe are thinking, oh, man, I didn't even get a chance to sweep the floor. No, you don't worry about that. You maybe think, oh, I didn't even get a chance to put makeup on. No, you don't worry about that because... Not even any amount of makeup could hide the anxiousness that is on your face. And yet, as you are anxious, you look at his face, and you see he's not anxious at all. As trembling as your hands have been, you see that his hand is steady. And then he does what you've been doing for the past few days, and he reaches out, and he holds your mom's hand. But he doesn't just hold it. He lifts it. And when he lifts her hand, he ends up lifting her. Not, and she just pops right up. Not in any you know, groggy kind of manner. No, she says, man, I'm hungry. How about I make supper? You've been tending to me for all day. And hey, anybody need anything to drink? And she's just starting to, to run around and to serve everybody. And you are like, I can't believe what I'm just seeing here, right? In fact, if you hadn't seen it, you wouldn't believe it. But you saw it, and you're still having troubles believing it. And the rest of the afternoon, you get to sit there, and you get to hang on every word of this miracle here, healer. This person who's got the touch, you know, who's got the healing hand. And, and as you're just listening to him, but every time your mom chimes in or pops up and says, hey, can I get someone a refill? You just smile and you are amazed at, at the power at, of, of his healing hand. And, and so there you are, the rest of the afternoon, just sitting in your living room, taking this all in. And while you're amazed at the power of Jesus' healing hand, as you sit in your living room, your neighbors are also sitting in their living rooms, just as anxious as you were before. Because word had gotten out. I don't know how word got out, but it's a small town. If you've ever been part of a small town, you know how fast word travels. Word had gotten out that Jesus had healed your mom. 
and they have sick people in their homes too. But it's the Sabbath, and they can't quite come out yet according to the Sabbath laws, so they're just sitting at their, in their homes watching the sundial. You know, 557, 558, 559, and soon, as soon as that sun hits the horizon, you know, you got a knock at the door. Patient number two, ready to be healed. And soon after that, patient number three and patient number four are there. And then pretty soon, it says the whole town was there. Dozens, if not hundreds of people. Peter's porch, your porch, has become the waiting room for the great physician. Maybe even your mom is helping to check him in. You know, next, next, next. Nope, you don't need insurance. Next, next, next. You know, you got all this stuff going on. And it is amazing because there is no disease, no injury, no no lingering condition that is too big for Jesus' healing hand to cure. Every patient that comes in sick exits healthy. And this goes on and on and on through the night. And finally, when that last patient exits, you sit down to reminisce on the day. And as you think about it, you're not just amazed at the power of Jesus' healing hand. You're also amazed at his compassionate heart. Because you start to think what kind of a day he had. He had gotten up awfully early that morning to preach a sermon in the synagogue. So I got up at 4.45 today. So let's just say he got up at 4.45, probably earlier. Then he had an exorcism to do at the synagogue. That's where we talked about last week if you worshiped with us or if you watched online. Um, then he came, home, came to your house and he healed your mother-in-law, sat and taught you the rest of the afternoon, and then you have a whole town to heal. And he doesn't lose his patience. They all come in and they all leave. And you're like, wow. You are amazed at his healing hand. You are amazed at his compassionate heart. That is you if you are Peter's wife. Is that you in your life? You know, you and I have just as much reason today to be amazed at the power of Jesus' healing hand as they did. You and I have just as, as much reason to, to be amazed at Jesus' compassionate heart as the people on Peter's porch. I mean, there is no disease, no, no lingering condition, no injury that is so novel today that Jesus' healing hand cannot cure. And he cares about you and your loved ones just as much as he cared for them. He cares about your life here. He cares about your bodies. He cares about your health. He knows your bodies. He made your bodies, so he certainly can take care of them. And so I guess the question becomes, are we? Are we amazed at his healing power? Are we amazed at his compassionate Heart today. You know, you look at the confidence that these people had in Jesus' healing hand. It's, it's really quite something. It, it says here, as soon as, as soon as they found out 
that Simon's mother-in-law was in bed with a fever. Look what it says. They immediately, they immediately told Jesus about her. And I know that's one of Mark's favorite words, immediately, a lot of action. But they didn't wait. Is that you and me? Do we immediately, do we have such confidence in Jesus care for our lives, that we immediately go to him when something bothers us, that we immediately go to him when, when we or one of our loved ones is sick. You know, we rush. We rush to Moderna. We rush to Pfizer. We maybe will rush to Johnson & Johnson. Uh, but do we rush to Jesus? Now, that is not saying we shouldn't. Uh, uh, don't get me wrong. Vaccines are great, and doctors are great, and diets are great, and medicines are great. In fact, those are sometimes often the, the way that those are tools that God uses to extend his healing hands to us. But I wonder sometimes if our reliance or our trust in, in the doctors and in diets and in medications and that type of thing, if sometimes that overshadows the one who's behind such things. Does our trust in science or the success of science sometimes stifle our confidence in Jesus' healing hand? Or maybe it's not the success of science that stifles our confidence in him. It's sometimes it's the medical failures that stifle our confidence in him. You know, when things work out well, oh, it's often science or medicine or doctors that get the credit. When things don't work out well, it's often Jesus that gets the blame. Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where is your healing hand? Where, Jesus, where is your healing hand when the chemo doesn't cure the cancer? Jesus, where is your healing hand when the, when the concussion symptoms continue? Jesus, where is your healing hand when mom dies? Right? Mom in Mark 1 lives. But if you fast forward, to, there's only 16 chapters in Mark. If you fast forward to Mark 17, 18, 19, or 20, guess what happens? Mom dies. Peter's mother-in-law is not living today. I hate to tell you that. And so somewhere in the future, what does that mean? That means that she died. That means that somewhere in the future, she was lying on a bed, and Jesus did not extend his healing hand to her. She passed. What are we supposed to make of that? When that happens in our life, what, how, how are we supposed to come to grips when we see this Jesus who has all this amazing power, but we don't get better or our loved ones stay sick? You know, we, we, we see that really being answered or being addressed in this chapter as well. It takes less than 12 hours before people are saying in, in this situation in Mark 1, Jesus, where are you? As the next morning, Jesus sneaks off to a solitary place to pray. And you can hear the disappointment, if not the rebuke, in the disciples' voices as they say, Jesus, everyone is looking for you. And I wonder if that's us at times. Jesus, where are you in my life? Jesus, where are you in my loved one's life when they're sick? Did you run out of healing power? 
Or worse yet, don't you care? Did your compassionate heart run out? Well, look at what Jesus' response is. When, he, when, he, when the disciples come to him and say, hey, everyone's looking at you, Jesus doesn't say, oh, really? There's, there's more to be healed? <laughs> oh, well, let's, let's, you know, let's be like the, like, like the blood mobile here. Let's just set up a mobile medical clinic right here in the, in the desert and let everybody come out to me. No, he doesn't say that. Rather, what he says sounds rather cold, rather callous. He says, oh, they're looking for me? Well, let's go somewhere else. Let's go to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That is why I came. Is that disappointing? Is that disappointing when paramedic Jesus doesn't come back? I'm sure the Capernaum citizens were disappointed when Jesus didn't come back that road with the disciples. And I get it, right? In the here and the now, we love paramedic Jesus. I love it when Jesus keeps my family safe. I love it when Jesus keeps my family healthy. And I bet you so do you. I love it when, when I see the modern miracles of today and you can just see Jesus' healing hand. I love that kind of a Jesus. I love that paramedic Jesus. But preacher Jesus, as great as paramedic Jesus is, preacher Jesus is even greater. Because what preacher Jesus can offer is far superior to what paramedic Jesus can offer. Paramedic Jesus can, can offer us healing. Preacher Jesus can offer us heaven. Paramedic Jesus can, can maybe show us that, okay, Jesus is concerned about me as a patient. Preacher Jesus shows us a God and a Savior who is, who is uh, concerned about us as a person. Preacher Jesus shows us a Savior who knows what it's like to say, God, where are you? Not because he wasn't getting healed, not because he had a little owie on his forehead, but because his God, had, his father had turned his own back on him. Why? Because he was shouldering our sins on his shoulders. Preacher Jesus shows us a Savior who knows what it's like to suffer. Again, not just suffering with the sniffles or a cold, but suffering the very depths of hell because he was doing that in your place. Preacher Jesus. Preacher Jesus shows us a Savior who reaches out his hand not to pull us up from a bed, but to pull us up from a grave. And that's something for us to remember. The next time that paramedic Jesus just doesn't seem to show up. That's something to remember the next time we say, Jesus, where are you? with your healing hand. Because sometimes in his wisdom, Jesus chooses 
not to extend his healing hand to us. Why? Because he did not come so that we could live here forever. He came so that we could live there forever. And so while in his wisdom he may not always extend you his healing hand, he always extends to you his pierced hand. And he says, you see this? This is how much I love you. You see this? This is how much I care for you. You see this? This is how far I'll go for you. You see this? This. This is why I came. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, 